Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you, and God bless. Put our hands together because our God is faithful. Amen. Let's have our seats. Amen. Father, we thank you today because you are a faithful God. Uh, We thank you for the privilege to come before you and, and worship. We thank you for your word because your word is yea and amen. Your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is quicker than any two-edged sword. Lord, I ask you to speak your word this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Encourage, empower because of your word today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. It looks like I have unlimited time. They don't have me. I don't have any, so if I preach for five hours, just blame the people on the, on the boat. They didn't give me any countdown. Hallelujah. Today I'm going to speak on what I call trusting in the faithfulness of God. Trusting in the faithfulness of God. Trusting in the faithfulness of God. As believers... We have no other choice if we are going to live the Christian life the way God wants us to live it, but to trust in God's faithfulness. But to trust that God means what he says, and everything he has said, he meant every single one of them. And that God is going to honor his side of the bargain. That God is a God that keeps covenant. He keeps his word. That everything he has promised us, he's going to make sure all of them are delivered and done. That is the essence of the Christian faith. The essence of the Christian faith is that God is faithful. Is that he promised what he promised he's going to do. But that is really what our salvation is based upon. We are saved because we believe in God's promise. That if we put our faith in Jesus, we will have life, both now and eternally, right? It is because we believe in His faithfulness. We believe we are forgiven because He said He will forgive us. He said, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Because we believe God is faithful, because we believe he doesn't change, he doesn't shift, he doesn't change his mind, he's sturdy, he's steadfast, he's consistent, so we don't approach him based on our feelings we approach him based on his character. 
Praise the name of Jesus. That is the only choice we have if we are going to walk with God and enjoy everything he has promised. Praise the name of Jesus. Lamentations 2, uh, 3, 22 and 23. We read a whole passage which I think is a very, very powerful passage. It said, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassion fail not, does not fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, faithfulness is what is uh, is lacking. It's very, very hard to find faithful people. Uh, faithfulness is not, you know, is is just is no longer is no longer what we are used to. Even in physical things, things don't last as they used to anymore, right? Have you noticed that? If you buy a piece of equipment, even your phone, you just know that after a few years, you're going to need another one. Nobody buys cars and expects to keep them for 20 years anymore. In those days, you grew up with your dad having one car for 20, sometimes 30 years. You know, it's just the same car and it's still working. All right? Nobody expects to drive a car more than 10 years anymore. Right? Because we just can't trust those things anymore. You know, we are not, so are human beings. You know, we are not as reliable as we used to be. You know, marriages are just falling apart because people are no longer faithful. People go, they come to the eye, they make a vow, they are crying while making a vow, shaking their voices as if they really meant every single word, right? The, you know, they said, you know, to, for better, for worse. But it's only for better. When the worst comes, they just, they bail out. No longer, faithfulness is no longer the order of the day. We can't rely on people. We can't rely on things. We can't even rely on ourselves. But we serve a God who is faithful. Who is consistent. The word translated faithfulness means steadfast, firm, sturdy, can be trusted. The opposite of faithful is ever-changing, wishy-washy. God is not wishy-washy. Malachi 3.6, he says, I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Because I don't change, I, you know that I will always be there. Because he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't, he doesn't shift like shadows. He doesn't just he doesn't shift and change his mind. He's not flippant. He's not. And that is why we can trust in him. Praise the name of Jesus. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. The Father of light, with whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. NIV says, who does not change like shifting shadows? You know, shadows change. As you move, the shadow moves, right? God does not change like shifting shadows. 
is a God that can be trusted. Circumstances can change. People in your life can change. Your feelings can change by the moment. But as believers, we must know that we serve a God who does not change. And that it means, it means a lot. That when we learn to trust in God's character as a faithful God, our lives become better and better. We're able to actually trust in His promises the more we know Him. The problem is that we don't know God. We are so used to people disappointing us, and somehow we transfer that to even the God that we serve. It doesn't disappoint. It doesn't. It doesn't change his mind. It doesn't withdraw his promises. In fact, the Bible says, his gifts, they are without repentance. He doesn't give you something and withdraw it back. You know, human beings can do that. And they do that all the time. They can give you something and take it back if they are able to. Right? God is not going to give you a car and keep a spare key the day you misbehave, he takes the car from you. Like God, he won't do that. Even though sometimes we take advantage of that, and that's why it's very important. Even though sometimes, you know, we, we take advantage of that. God still does not change his nature because of our unfaithfulness. And that's why Lamentation says, great is your faithfulness. See, his faithfulness is so great, you know, humanly speaking, it is stupid. That is, God is not, you know, have you seen people who, you know, they are so nice and people take advantage of them, right? Many, how many of us have been in that situation when you are so nice, I'm sure all of us, right? People take advantage and you stop being nice and you say, don't blame me, blame those people because I've helped people so much. And they do this to me. That's, that's shifting my shadow. That's allowing people to determine your character. That because I helped someone and they didn't say thank you, or because I gave somebody money, I thought they were going to use that money to eat, and they just go and use that money for something else, then I'm not going to give people any money anymore. Things like that. You know, God does not fall for that. God is not going to say, oh, because somebody disappointed me, therefore, I'm not going to trust another people anymore. God is not going to say, oh, yeah, because you messed up and I forgave you, I'm not going to forgive you anymore. In fact, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, you know, how many times should we forgive our brothers? And Jesus said, oh, seven, seven times? They said seven times? Because I think it's, I mean, by the time you give somebody a chance seven times, I think that should be enough. I mean, seven times you really be, wow, just one person, seven times? And Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. Actually, 70 times, seven times. That's a way of saying, <laughs> you will have lost count. If you want to count, four, is it 490 now? If you want to count that, I think you go crazy counting that. I think the energy it takes to count that, you are going to give us. Say, you know, don't let me count anymore. That's a way of saying that. But that is coming from God's character. You know, that is just, that is coming from God's character as someone 
God is faithful. He is so faithful, he doesn't allow people to change his faithfulness. In 2 Timothy 2.13, he said, even if you are unfaithful, the Lord remains faithful because he will not deny himself. So as believers, we must learn to trust in God's character. And the way we learn to trust in his character is to learn to know him. We learn to know him. All right, you're not going to meet somebody at post office tomorrow and give them your bank account number because you don't know them. But as you trust people, usually what do you happen? You learn to trust them with things as you know them. So it's important for us as we get to know God through his word. And that's what happened to us. When we begin to really get close to him, when we begin to really study his word, what happens to you is that you begin to really discover what God said about himself. You begin to see a pattern of a God who does not forget his promises. You begin to see a pattern of a God who, even after the people he gave promises to forget, <clears throat> he still keeps his promises. That's the nature of our God. And that is why it is impossible to really walk with God without studying his word. Praise the name of Jesus. Studying his word is so important. You know, because he, he helps us to see the character of the God that we serve. Who is he? How has he dealt with other people? How has he revealed himself? How has, how has people worked with him in the past? When we begin to really study this, by the help of the Holy Spirit, he helps us to know his character and to be able to trust that what he said concerning us is going to do. Praise the name of Jesus. Also, as we review his work in our lives, oftentimes, you know, there's a song that says, count your blessings, right? Name them one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. A lot of times we are not very good in counting our blessings. We are not very good in remembering what the Lord has done. And one of the, one of the most recurrent statements or word that God spoke to the children of Israel is to remember. Right? You shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gave you power to get wealth. You know, he wants them to remember and one of the things that really angered God most about them was their forgetfulness. They were quick to forget. So quick. So quick. They're so quick to, to forget how God delivered them from, the, uh, from Egypt. I mean, that's, that's an amazing... I mean, you read the story, you are like, wow, did that ever happen to me? I mean, I would just... I would frame it. I mean, I would really, you know, I would record it. You know, just Red Sea, just standing like that. And you're going to say, wow, if God can do this, nothing is too difficult for him to do. That's what God wanted them to. And God wanted them to remember that, you know, you were hopeless in Egypt. You had no hope. You had no prayer. I mean, you were slaves. I mean, it was impossible for you to fight anyway if you were going to fight. You had no weapon. You had nothing. You had no army. You are nobody. You were at the mercy of the Egyptian, yet the Lord delivered you. The Lord saved you. 
The Lord raised a savior called Moses. The Lord used the Egyptian to prepare him. He grew up in the palace. And the Lord turned the table of the enemy against them and delivered you when you left Egypt. They came after you. The Lord used the Red Sea to destroy them. And the Lord did all that. But they were so quick to forget. At the instance of a problem, what did they do? They just turned against the same God. They quickly forgot. And they blamed God. Many times they said, you know what? We wish he never even delivered us. You know, we, you know can you imagine that? We wish we were still in Egypt. Eating our broccoli and cucumber and just, uh, you know, we were getting whipped, but at least we had food. Wow. Can you, can, you imagine, can, you, can, you, can you realize why God was so angry at them? Why God said, you know what, I don't think these people, I need, to, I, need to, I need to let them see. And so is us. We need to really know that the story of Israel is our story. Because God had us in mind in those moments. The promise he gave to Abraham is our promise. Without God being faithful to that same promise, we will not have relationship with God today. So you have to know that God saved you for a reason. The fact that you know him, the fact that you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, is a major testimony, is a deliverance from Egypt. God did not deliver you now to abandon you. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We must learn to trust in God's faithfulness. I want you to tell your neighbor, God did not save you to later abandon you. That's not in his character. Praise the name of Jesus. That's not in God's character. He's a finisher. Right? He's a, he's, he said, I'm Alpha and Omega. When Moses went to God and, and God called Moses and he said, Moses said, so, and he said, tell them the God of their father, Abraham, you know, and Isaac. And when he appeared to him, he said, so what, what do I tell them? He said, tell them God. They, well, when they ask me, who is that God? Tell them, I am. I am. That is, I'm consistent. I'm the same person. I don't, you know, God, he doesn't grow older. I cannot become wiser. You know, God does not say, oh, yeah, now I know better. No, 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 no. He's always known. And I want you as a believer, no matter where you find yourself, to know that it is the same with you. He has Things might not be the way you want it to be, but ultimately, God's plan for your life stands. Praise the name of Jesus. Because it depends on his faithfulness. God saved you for a reason. God brought you to him for a reason. And that reason will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. So, as we review his works in our lives, as believers, we must be people who can track document what God is doing, what God has done. If you are not good at that, we're going, to, we're going to run into problems. The enemy is going to use 
circumstance that we are going through to paint a different picture of God. And we're going to make the same mistakes that Israelites made. The problem is they never they didn't document. So they were always overwhelmed by the current circumstance and they allowed that current circumstance to define God for them. And they will conclude God does not care about us. Whereas they were not even there when God put a plan together to deliver them from Israel. Praise the name of Jesus. So God's faithfulness is very important. It is God's faithfulness that we are sure of our salvation. It is because of God's faithfulness that we know we are going to, go to, we are going to make it to heaven with Jesus. It's not because we trust in ourselves. None of us can beat our chest and say, I'm going to be there. I know. No. We can only bank on the fact that he's faithful. He's going to keep us. Right? He's able to keep us from falling. That is why we are confident. We are confident in his ability, not in our own ability. Hallelujah. I'm going to give us three simple implications of God's faithfulness. When we know, or the word that's, I mean, the simple word that God is faithful has three powerful implications that as believers should undergird our life. Number one, the fact that God is faithful by nature, by his character, means every word he says is true. Hallelujah. Every word he says is true. In Psalm 119, verse 89 and 90, David says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heaven. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. Every single word God has spoken. In fact, Jesus told us not a single word will go unfulfilled. Because God watches over his word to perform it. He spoke to Abraham. He said, your children, your descendants are going to go to Egypt. They're going to be captured. They're going to be enslaved. They're going to be mistreated for 400 years. And I am going to come and rescue them. Look, 400 years is a long time. That's eight generations on average. I mean, how many of us can even remember the name of great, great, great grandfather? I mean, it, it is so, so how will you go and track a promise that was made to your great, 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 great grandfather or grandmother? I mean, that's, that's not something human beings, we have ability to even track. That's not even something anyone can hold God to. You will have forgotten. You will not remember. Yet, God remembered. In fact, in Exodus chapter 2, the Bible said, the Israelites, they cried to God by reason of their suffering. And God remembered his covenant to somebody. 
hundreds of years ago. That's the nature of God. That every word he says is true. Even if it wasn't true before he said it, as soon as, soon as he says it, it becomes true. Right? That is God because his every word he says is true. So, that is so important for us when we approach his word. When we approach what he's talking about. When we really study his word. When we are talking about the word he's speaking to us even as individuals. Every word he says is true. They stand firm. They are you know, because God's faithfulness is forever, His word, you know, and the, the, you know, some of the things we read in Scripture, they've been spoken for many, many years. The Scripture is still being fulfilled. Now, there are prophecies that are not fulfilled yet, but they will be fulfilled. There are prophecies that are being fulfilled that, when you look at it, you are like, "Wow, this was said in the Scripture." And they are being fulfilled because what every word of God has been tried, tested, and found to be true. That's the implication of that. And as believers, that should give us a very, very awesome attitude towards the word of God. We should not, we should not joke with it. It's not something that we should take lightly. It is life. It is important. It is true. They stand firm. They stand forever. And I want to let you know that every word he has spoken to you is also true. Alright? It might not ring true. It might not sound true. Situations around you might just look like, no, this is never going to happen. It might look like, is God still, does God still remember me? Sometimes we feel like that. Does God still remember what he said? Is this prophecy still true? Does, you know, I want to let you know that his word is true. You must continue to hold on to his word because it is true. Do you have a promise over your life? Has he spoken to you? Has he revealed something to you about your future? Does it look so bleak now? I want you to know that you can trust his word. You can bank on it. It is important. It is tried. It is tested. It is true. If he didn't mean it, he wouldn't have said it. He didn't have to say it. Praise the name of Jesus. God is 100% reliable, 100% of the time. Praise the name of Jesus. He's reliable. And I want you to be encouraged. Number two, every promise will be kept. That's another implication. Every promise will be kept. I'd like us to read Joshua chapter, Joshua chapter 21, verse, I'll read a few verses, verse 43 to 45. Joshua chapter 1, chapter 21. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors. Right? He didn't even... He, he promised the ancestors, right? And they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to the ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. 
the Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. Not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. I declare over your life, not one of the Lord's good promise to you shall fail. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every promise over your life shall be fulfilled. The Lord will give you rest on every side. In the mighty name of Jesus. None of your enemy will be able to withstand you. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord will give all of them to your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus. That's a grand statement. What an awesome statement. And that is, we can make that statement about any of you. Any of us. You can take this statement. It applies to every single one of us. It is grand. It is powerful. But it is true. Our God is a God that keeps promises. Now, if you, if you go look at this verse, if you want to expand it, you know, read it in context, read the book of Joshua, you're going to see that it took years. It took seven years. It wasn't quick. It took a lot of struggle. It wasn't without struggle. There were many battles. In fact, they lost some battles in between, right? There are some battles that they lost. There were some moments when, you know, even God was angry at them, right? There were moments when it was really a moment of defeat, moment of depression, moment where it was just like, wow, what is going on here? Is this thing ever going to happen? So it wasn't without some moment of failure along the way. We remember even there was a scene of Achan, right? In Joshua chapter 7. It wasn't even without some losses. They suffered a lot of losses, even in some of those battles. So, sometimes the fact that you are going through something, the fact that there are losses, the fact that there are failures, the fact that things are down, the fact that even things are maybe on a downward spiral, does not stop God's promise from being fulfilled in your life. Praise the name of Jesus. That is why... In those moments, we must hold on to his promise. You must remember, he made a promise. And his promise depends on him. Everyone. The Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn. I want to let you know the Lord will give you everything he has promised you. In the precious name of Jesus. The third implication is that every trial as a purpose. Every trial has a purpose. So nothing happens by chance to a child of God. For a child of God here, nothing happens by chance. Every trial, every tribulation we go through, every challenge we go through, it might look like that challenge is like the greatest challenge in the world. It has a purpose. Sometimes you look at it, you're like, how can something good come out of this? I'm sure some of you look at your challenge, you look at your problem, you look at what you're going through. Is it possible that something good will come out of it? See, the Lord caused 
the greatest thing to come out of the greatest tragedy. Look at the death of Jesus. Gave us the greatest, the good news. How can you say the good news is that somebody died? The good news is Jesus died for our sin. So out of that tragedy, the greatest hope came out of. Out of the challenges, out of the ashes of our problem, sometimes God will raise a beacon of hope. In fact, all the time. Especially for a child of God. That is why, as children of God, we must face adversity, challenges, with a different attitude. Because we serve a God who is faithful. Praise the name of Jesus. And nothing happens by chance to his children. Praise the name of Jesus. Because usually, during hard time, we tend to think God has forgotten us. We tend to think, you know, maybe God does not care for me anymore. Maybe God has shifted. Maybe he's moved to some other people. You know, maybe he's, maybe he's done with me. Maybe I'm, not longer, I'm, no, I'm no longer part of his plan. I'm no longer important to him. We tend to feel invisible when we are going through very, very dark moments. Sometimes we even question our existence. We question whether we have a purpose. We question whether we have re- re- relevance. We question whether, you know, it's worthy to continue to just go through life. We question whether it's worthy to even continue to serve God. And that's why usually when people go through tough times, sometimes they even quit coming to church. They quit serving God because they are consumed. They forget to realize that for a child of God, every trial has a purpose. I want you to know here, if you are going through any challenge... God knows you are going through the challenge. Praise the name of Jesus. He knows. He knows it. He's aware of it. He's aware of it. Nothing, there's nothing. Even Jesus at some point thought God has forsaken him, right? So we feel like that. So it's understandable when he feels like, you know, has God forsaken me? Why am I going through this pain? Why is my challenge, why is it taking this long? Yeah, I can take it for a few weeks. You know, I can take being down for a few weeks, a few months. Why is it taking this long? I want to assure you, God knows what you are going through. Hallelujah. God uses every trial for his purpose. He uses them for his purpose. No matter how it comes. Yeah, some of those trials, they come from the devil. I'm not saying God is the originator of every trial. Some of those trials, they are attacked from the enemy. But as a child of God, you must still recognize that God will use anything, no matter what. Alright? He will use anything. Yeah, the devil conspired to kill Jesus. God used that to bring us, to bring life. Amen? So the devil will always try to do what he wants to do, but the ultimate power is in God's hand. And that is why it is truly true that believers in Christ Jesus can can rejoice in tribulation. The only reason why you rejoice in tribulation is because you know every trial has a purpose. Every trial has a purpose. Because we serve a God who is faithful, who is committed. That is his character. He cannot be not faithful. It is impossible for him not to be God. And that is why we must really believe that every trial has a purpose. 
First Peter 4.19, and I'm going to close with First Peter 4.19. First Peter 4.19 says, Those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Alright? Those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful. I want you to remember the word faithful creator and continue to do good. Our God is faithful. And that is why we must commit even our trial to him. Don't abandon him because you are going through suffering. Don't abandon God because he looks like he's not listening to your prayer. Now, what are you trying to say? Are you saying the devil will listen to your prayer? You know, I would rather die in faith than live in unbelief. I would rather die in the hand of God than go and live in the hand of the devil. I would rather just take a chance and say, you know, whatever he doesn't offer me, I don't need it. Than to say, you know what, I will, need, I will go get it from the enemy. The enemy is not faithful. You can't say that about the enemy. You can't say that about the devil. You can't say that about the word. The word is not faithful. God is the only person who is faithful. And that is why it's important for us to commit ourselves to him. So I have a word today for people who, things aren't going right. You're down. You're discouraged. You know, you hear people giving testimonies left, right, and center. And you're like, when is my testimony going to come? When am I going to go on stage and share my? When am I going to be able to say, God is good to me. God has done this. God has done that. I want you to know that God has not forgotten you. Maybe you even begin to question yourself. Am I even right? Am I, you know, is my salvation genuine? Am I truly saved? You are saved. The fact that you can question whether you are saved shows that you are saved. Praise the name of Jesus. People who are not saved, they are lost. They don't question salvation. They are lost. They are so gone. Conscience is seared. They are completely forgotten. They have gone so far. I want you to know that you are saved. Keep on being saved. Keep on being consistent. Keep on depending that God is faithful. When there is nothing else to depend on. The Bible talks about Sarah. That it was impossible for her in the physical to conceive. So she could not trust in her ability. She could not trust even in her own faith. She could not trust in anything. But he trusted God because he considered him faithful. I want you to just consider that God is faithful. That's enough. It's enough. He doesn't need any other thing. He doesn't need anybody. Yes, sometimes, a lot of times when we really, really trust God, when we really, 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 you know, when we are trusting God, we are not really trusting God. We are trusting in our ability. Because we know somehow how he's going to do it. We know we have a few friends that can be there for us, right? We know we, you know, we know we have a good credit. You know, so at some point I can really go apply for a loan, right? I know I have this. After all, I'm not handicapped. After all, I can do this. After all, I can do that. So we really think, you know what? Uh, We're trusting God, but we're not. And somehow God sometimes allows us to just be in a situation where there's nothing we can trust anymore. 
And those are moments when we just quit. We just say, you know what, this is not possible. This is not going to work. But as believers, that is when we can truly trust that God is faithful. God is faithful. He's faithful to his word. He saved you for a reason. Your life means something to him. You are inscribed in the palm of his hand. You mean a lot. He loves you with an everlasting love. He sees even the, you know, even there's no single hair of your head that falls to the ground without him knowing. He has you. You are precious. You are important. There is nothing that you are not going through without him. He's aware of that and is monitoring it. Praise the name of Jesus. So don't give up. Just trust. Just say, Lord, there might be nothing to trust, but I know you are a faithful God. And I know because of your faithfulness, I can still stand tall. I can still be happy. I can still rejoice. I can still come to church and worship. I can still live a life of fulfillment. And I can still hope that my future will be better. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Hallelujah. I want to pray for some people today. Maybe you are in that moment of hopelessness. And you are saying, wow, I just needed this message today. But you know, you are afraid that, you know, I can just leave this place and go back to my feeling, go back to my cave, go by still feeling sorry for myself, feeling hopeless. I think I really need some prayer. I'd like to pray for you, and I'd like, I'd like you to stand up if you're in that situation. You know, you're in that, you, this, is, this word really resonates with you, and you like me. i just like to pray with you specially, that's all. I'd like you to just stand up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. And I want you to put your hand on your chest. This is not a salvation call. I'm just, I just want to agree with you in prayer. Put your hand on your chest and I will just agree with you in prayer. My Father, my God, I thank you because your word is true. I thank you because you will watch over your word to perform it. I thank you for giving me this word for your people today. Lord, they have responded because this word is for them. And I ask you will specifically minister to each one of them. Give them an assurance. Beyond just what I'm saying now, give them an assurance that you are for them. Give each one of them an assurance that you're on their side. Give them an assurance that there is hope. Give them an assurance that they can trust you. Even when they cannot trust any other thing, any other person around them, give them an assurance that they can trust you. Show yourself strong, Lord, on their behalf. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. I give you praise and honor. In Jesus' name we are praying. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that this word will not return to you void. I pray in the name of Jesus 
that this word will continue to resonate in our hearts. It will, it will say seed sown and it will reap harvest. Harvest of righteousness. Harvest of signs and wonders. Harvest of testimonies will come out of this word in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. If you are making a decision for Christ, if your decision is committing your life to Jesus, please 